And if you have the wrong information, you basically are looking at the wrong soul map for you. And it's not going to serve you the way that you want it to. So it's better to just be really honest, look in the mirror, take those top four types and look at the motives of each one. And it may take a while for you to really come to conclusion because it's hard to be honest with ourselves, especially if you have four decades like I had under my belt of all this kind of mask wearing and bullshit putting up, you know? So really like having somebody to guide you through it is the ideal way. And that's what I do all day long. I do it with teams and individuals and families and partners and all of that. But if you are taking this on your own, really be honest. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. And today I have my dear friend, Tracy O'Malley on with me today. She is an Enneagram expert. She is a successful business owner. She's built a huge network marketing company. And more importantly, what I love about Tracy is that she is unapologetically herself, real, raw, vulnerable, and she's not afraid to share the scary stories and do the hard work in order to live a fully like embodied life. Like she literally defines what it means to be boldly courageous. Tracy and I met at an elite level mastermind and I was just instantly drawn to her because of all of this. She just helped me feel so safe in my own experience and yet was willing to ask me the super raw and difficult questions to call me forward in my truth. And I know that her ability to do that was one, because of who she is and the own work that she's done, but two, because she knows and understands the different facets of the Enneagram and how to utilize the tools of the Enneagram to properly communicate in a way that each person can receive. And so in this conversation, we talk about so much, but mostly we talk about how the Enneagram has helped Tracy to not only transform her life and empower her to make real change, but also how it's impacted her as a leader and even more as a mom, because being a mom is the most important leadership role that you will ever have. And Tracy shares a little bit more about that in this episode as well. And she talks about the different facets of the Enneagram, how you can use it from a leadership perspective, and mostly that communication is literally at the core of everything we do. And how as a conscious leader, whether it's in network marketing or growing teams or even being a coach, you can utilize the tool of Enneagram to speak languages that your ideal clients and your team can hear. Tracy O'Malley is a multi-million dollar entrepreneur, speaker, and author, and a world-renowned master performance and business coach. She has helped thousands of women ignite their purpose, profits, and build a legacy by giving them the tools to become bulletproof. As an expert Enneagram coach, Tracy has used the Enneagram for over seven years to help accelerate transformation, build powerful and effective, compassionate leaders, and create sustainable and lasting change. She 
is an experienced leader respected for her soul surgery method that provides a no-nonsense approach to demolish negative patterns in people's lives and help them get unstuck. She not only helps you to acknowledge your blocks, but she gives you the tools to take the correct action to live your most prosperous life. Within two years of launching her network marketing business, Tracy made her first million dollars and she has been featured in Success From Home magazine. She's won several top awards in her network marketing company for leadership, rapid growth, and heart. And she continues to be an industry leader. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation with my dear friend, Tracy O'Malley. Let's dive in. Hey guys, buckle up for this conversation with my girl, Tracy. I'm so excited that you're here. And I feel like every time you and I connect, it's like, it's like our souls have known each other for a long time. Like you've always create such a safe space for me to be seen. And it's one of the things that I truly, truly, truly just appreciate about you. And I know I'm not the only person that feels that way. And it's just a true testament to your commitment to doing your own work, despite the challenges that you've been through and just continuing to shine your light in the world. So I'm so grateful for you being here. Thank you for that. And you know, one of the things that I spent, you know, I'm almost 50 now, but for a good 40 years of my life, I really did everything in my power to not be seen, um, whether it was fronts, compensatory strategies, anger, like you name all the different things that I used to avoid being seen, for that to now be my superpower and to be able to use the very thing that I was holding myself back from to really help others grow is amazing. Not everybody loves that I can see them, right? And I know probably at times I've made you feel a little uncomfortable because I tend to do that. Um, when, when we're seen at our soul, that can be really, really hard. And I think that's why I avoided it for as long as I did. But when we are seen, heard, and understood, even when we're not quite ready for that, that's where real transformation happens. And I'm obsessed with it. Mm, amen to that. So I start all of my interviews off with one question. And that is, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Oh my God, there's a few, like every day I wake up and do something I'm terrified of. And I I will tell you this morning, I did something very courageous for me. I asked for what I needed, even at the risk of losing the very thing that I've craved my entire life. And that is love and connection and protection and intimacy and really saying this isn't working for me the way that it is. Um, is the hardest thing I've ever done because most of my life, my basic needs weren't met and I was never protected and I never had anybody really looking out for me when it really mattered. So for me to open myself up and say, this is what I need from you in a way that's not aggressive or anger driven. It was, you know, definitely from this beautiful, vulnerable heart space with risking everything that I actually want that I already kind of have. If I, kept, if I kept playing along like I was, I could still kind of have it, but I knew that my soul required more. And so this morning I stepped up for and asked for it and it wasn't received beautifully, um, but I know it'll be okay. But I feel so p- empowered, even if I should lose the very thing that I want, um, because I, I said, this is what I need and I require mm. to step into the greatest good and the calling that's on my life. So very hard. Holy shit. 
Mm, I have chills mm. just listening to you because I know we've talked privately about mm. kind of where you're at in your life. So I can only imagine um, what that conversation felt like for you. So I'm curious to know, how did you come to a point of clarity on that? Because I know there's, mm. I know for me personally, and a lot of listeners that gaining clarity on what your soul desires and what your values are is one thing, but then actually being able to articulate it is another. And it can feel really confusing because your ego gets in the way and there's imposter syndrome or why am I even worthy of that thing? So I'd love to know, like, what was the process that you had to go to to get clear on exactly what it was that you desired? Well, when you want something different, but you aren't really doing something different and we wonder why things stay the same or you kind of have the same pattern show up, that's a sign, right? That's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting something different. And for a lot of my life, like even though I would have different packages, um, a different packages show up with different wrapping paper. When I stripped it all down, it was the same thing that kept showing up. Right. And the way that I dealt with it had the same kind of pattern to it as well. You know, different wrapping paper on top of that. And I hit 40 years old. I'm a mom, single mom to two beautiful kids. And I was like, okay, I got a lot of life to live. This pattern isn't working for me. And I'm starting to see it repeat in my own children, which I know where that leads them. And I don't want that for them. And so almost a decade ago, I stripped it all down. I pulled every mask off. I said, I know that there is something much bigger for me and that all this pain, I mean, there's been so much trauma in those first 40 years and after that, that it has to mean something and it has to matter for something. And either I can choose to stay a victim and carry that kind of victim-y legacy forward, or I can carry forward a, an empowered one, a, a woman that overcame for something much bigger than herself, and that that really did happen for something bigger. And so almost a decade ago, I stripped it all down. Um, one of my compensatory strategies was alcohol and food and codependency and anger. And you name, you know, something to deal with, not your, like to not deal with your feelings. I had it. And um, I checked myself into rehab for all of it and said, here's all the cards on the table. I, I'm not hiding anything because I know I'll pull one of those cards out if I need it. And I started that process of really being seen for the first time. And um, when I really started to unpack why I did a lot of the things I did, it was all rooted in this fear of vulnerability, this fear of betrayal, this fear of being backed into a corner. And every decision, every way that I communicated, every person I picked for my life, everything I did with my kids was based around that core motivation. And when I was in rehab, my therapist introduced me to the Enneagram. And mind you, 40 years of unpacking baggage seems very overwhelming. It really, really did. And I was super resistant. I didn't even know what the hell the Enneagram was, but I knew that I didn't want some freaking label. I had enough walking in that door, right? Enough labels of different addict stuff. And she was tough. She's a tough, I still see her to this day, almost 10 years later. And she said, you know, honey, I think that the world has put you in a box. The circumstances of your life have put you in a box. And honestly, honey, your best thinking has put you in a box. And this might actually help you unpack this in a way that doesn't seem so overwhelming or emotionally charged. And it'll help you get out of the box that you've been put in all this time. And she goes, and quite honestly, honey, your best thinking has gotten you here. So how about we try something different? 
I'm like, all right, touche. And that's how I was introduced to the Enneagram. And I saw how quickly, like all those things that I beat myself up for started to make sense. When I understood that the core motive of everything that I did based on who my personality is and so true, like everything is about, I don't want to rely on a person or a thing or a place. Everything must be on me. So if I feel an ounce of being betrayed, I'll either attack or bail. Um, you know, I'm a loner by nature because that's just what it is. But using the Enneagram really helped me unpack a lot of it without the shame attached to it so much, without the guilt, without um, the overwhelming feeling of how much there was because I had stuffed so much. And it allowed me to look at all of it with a lot more love and compassion, not just for the people that have hurt me, but more importantly for myself. And that's kind of where the whole like, hey, look at me, here I am in all my messy glory started almost Mm -hmm. a decade ago at the age of 40 years old. It's never too late to start, right? And Mm -mm. I think what I'm hearing is that, you know, the pathway to radical change is first awareness that Mm -hmm. the current reality isn't working. And like you said, repeated patterns. And I know I've experienced this too, like just the same packaging, same package, different wrapping paper. I love that you shared that because that's exactly what it looks like, right? You're like, oh, we've been here before. Mm -hmm. You just look a little different. So I love that you shared that. But what I'm hearing is that the Enneagram actually allowed you to go from like point of awareness to point of empowerment a lot faster because you had tools and understandings. And it also sounds like it gave you permission and removed some of the comparisonitis that leads to shame. Right. So in other words, like comparing yourself to somebody else who you might perceive as perfect or more developed or better, but not knowing that the specific type of skill set that you have or the makeup that you have is unique to you. And so you're judging yourself and guilting yourself based on a a set of tools that you don't actually possess because you're comparing yourself to somebody else who has a completely different set of cards or a completely different set of tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing that you just said is so important, like awareness, a hundred percent is the very first piece, but awareness, as you know, cause you have, you know, dug in really hard awareness doesn't equal transformation. And that's the thing that why I'm so passionate about teaching and integrating the Enneagram with people, because all the stuff that's out there, there's so much great information out there, but if you don't know what the hell to do with it, what that's the problem with personal development today is we're cracking people open, we're giving them awareness, but then we're not acknowledging where that's rooted from or where that came from. And then we're, we're even more so not teaching people how to use that information to move the needle really quickly because it doesn't have to be as hard as we're all making it. But I think because there's so many people out there that haven't really dug into the work, like really dug into it, we all have the awareness of where it comes from. I mean, if you had asked me as a 10-year-old, I was very aware. I was so insightful as a 10-year-old, but I didn't have the acknowledgement of where this was rooted, and I certainly didn't have the actionable tools or anybody showing me or modeling a different way. So all that awareness didn't mean jack shit. So I think that it's really important that you do gain awareness, but that's just just part one. That's preschool. That's kindergarten. Um, If you want to step into the master's program of your life, it's really going to get messy. But it, it is not that hard. It really, really isn't. As long as you are honest, open, and willing, that's how. Honest, open, and willing, that's how we do this. 
Amen, sister. I had this experience recently. I was in Sedona with some some sisters going in on like a deep soul retreat. And what came forward for me was where I'm at and kind of my integration and the next evolution of my divine feminine really mm-hmm. is the difference between the knowing and the doing, right? So the knowing is, okay, I know I have these areas of my life that I'm stuck and I know how that, you know, I want to move through it and like being able to sort of mentally wrap your head around what it is, but the doing is actually anchoring in the practices that are going to make the shift. And I believe that the doing is actually the harder part. It's where people sit in resistance. Like I know what I need to do and I know that I can shift this, but there's so much fear and anxiety around the actual doing, which brings us back to the very beginning of the conversation of like, you knew you had to have this conversation or you knew you needed to speak your truth, but there was how is this going to be received? And and like the fear around the actual doing. So man, I resonate with that so much. And I think that's where people just, they get stuck right in limbo of the awareness and the knowingness, but they don't actually take action in the doing. And here's the part about the knowing it's such a clusterfuck. Sometimes I swear to God, like even with a, a different incident over the last few days there, you know, I was facing this situation where I was knowing I was going to have to have this conversation, but my inner knowing that little girl knowing the, the knowing that got by and survived, she knows the tools to use to survive. And in my head was this little beautiful, innocent voice. Like, you know what to do. You can just, you know what to do to make him be okay with you. You know what to do to get his attention. You know what to do to make this all okay for now, right? And it was seriously such a grieving process and such a healing process because what I actually needed to do was sit back in it and not go into what I've always known because that was ego and survival and understanding the new knowing and the knowing that comes from that divine place, whether it is your masculine or feminine, because I believe we need both of them. And for me, like you, I need more of my divine feminine. I, I have the masculine mastered. I know what to do with that. Right. But really honoring that divine feminine and letting my, my heart break a little bit and know that I'm going to be okay because we do recover. Um, that's really hard is we know the old knowing, but taking the new knowing and then integrating it into the new doing that's crazy fun and crazy uncomfortable. (laughs) So I feel you sister and Sedona is a beautiful place to do that. My goodness. Mm, Yeah, it was beautiful. So let's talk more about Enneagram for those that maybe don't know what, what Enneagram is. Can you maybe share a little bit about what it is and what makes it different than some of the other, you know, personality tests Mm -hmm. that are out there or resources that you can use? Yeah. And I like, I've always been one, like I've always been into horoscopes. I've always been into, you know, new ways of thinking and cards. Like I'm open to all of it because I think like, if you're so rigid in your thoughts, like you're going to stay in that box. So I've always been open to all different ways to understand myself. And, and sometimes the message is received from different areas and, and you can hear the same thing. And one day it just clicks in a different way. And what I love about the Enneagram versus everything else, first of all, I use it in every aspect of my life. So I know how much it works in my health, my parenting, my relationships, my friendships, my business. Like it is a beautiful tool. Um, a lot of the other, especially personality stuff out there, they focus mainly on the behaviors. And that's good. I mean, to change something, you kind of have to understand the habits and patterns, right? 
And I think why we see a lot of problems, whether it's in business or even our health, right, is we, we know the behaviors and patterns that are there and the habits. And so we read a good book and we do all these morning r- routines, which are great. But if we don't know why we've gotten off the path to begin with, it's never going to be sustainable. And we see there's an end date in sight. 30 day or 90 day or whatever the hell it is, a 75, whatever it is. And it's never sustainable if we're only changing the behaviors because there's a core motive that drove all those behaviors to begin with. And where the Enneagram is so different, it's rooted in some psychology, which I love about, you know, nature and nurture. I believe we are all born with a beautiful disposition and temperament. And then our environment kind of molds that and how it's expressed, right? And when we can understand the root of what drives each of us, and there's nine basic personality types, and there's so many complexities to it. It's way deeper than just nine, but those are the basics and the basic motives. When we can understand that all of our communication, the way we think, the way we take in information, um, the way we operate, the decisions we make are rooted from a core motivation, it's a lot easier to understand the habits and behaviors rather than just changing them. And the other part of the Enneagram that I like is a spirituality aspect. It brings both of them together because we are made of a divine soul. We really, really are. And there's nothing wrong with any of us. None of us are broken. None of us need to be fixed. Life just came and kicked the shit out of us a little bit. And we developed some things along the way to survive, to get by, to feel good in a moment. We all do. And so with the Enneagram, what I love about it, when I read about my type, which is the challenger, I realized that there was nothing ever wrong with me. And the goal was to get back to the beautiful part that I was born with before life really got a hold of me. I didn't change a bit. I'm still that feisty fireball, but she's coming from a place of love and compassion rather than protection and stay away from me. And I'm just back to the original form, Mm. but in a almost 50 year old form, which Mm. is beautiful because when you can step into what you were always designed to be, whether it's business or love or friendship, it comes with ease and you're not forcing it. And you're not trying to be Susie on Instagram. You're not trying to be this and that. Like when I finally realized that what I was about to do next in my life and my relationships and business, it became so easy. And I, I hate even saying that because it's pretty massive what I've done since then, but it was fucking easy because I was just honoring who I was always to be to begin with instead of trying to mask it with all this other shit. And so that is the Tracy version of what the Enneagram is. Mm, To to me, I'm receiving it as like a divine authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And like what you said just landed Mm -hmm. so deeply with me about at the core of our desires is love, right? And again, I had this experience this past weekend in, in Sedona of like doing a lot of release work around my, my wounded feminine and how the wounded masculine has shown up in my life. And as I look at everything, the motivation behind it all is love. And that can come from a really wounded place. And it can also come from a truly like healed and divine and empowered place. So it sounds to me like, again, just having these tools in your toolbox can allow you to get the result that you want in a way that feels easier, more in alignment, more flow, more in integrity, more authentic, because you're not coming from a wounded place. You're coming from a healed place of understanding of 
your own dynamics and how you give and how you receive and what your values are. So this is so powerful. Like why wouldn't anybody want this? Right. So it's hard because it's really hard to dive in and look in the mirror. And, and I think it's easier for a lot of us. I know that it was way easier to not be aware and it was way easier to beat the shit out of myself than to take ownership of my choices and take ownership of, okay, that was a little girl that really had some hard things happen to her and God love her. Like she was resilient and tough and strong and to show her that she doesn't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a grieving process, but also Mm -hmm. when you know this, when you know better, you have to do better. Like, Mm -hmm. otherwise you're out of alignment you're not in integrity and whether it's building a business or showing up in relationships, you're going to realize that, oh shit, I have not been in integrity. Like my conversation this morning, I was like, I've been out of integrity thinking this is okay the way that it's been for me. And it's not. And this is with love. This is with not anger. Like, and it's hard. It's hard when you have this awareness, when you know better, you must do better. And that's why a lot of people really don't want to. And I get it. I didn't want to either. This is hard. Ownership's hard Mm -hmm. because we're responsible. Right. But it's worth it. It's, It's what's on the other side of it. And I love that you said, when you know better, you do, you have to do better. Like, yes. Otherwise your soul like literally dies (laughs) because you just feel like so out of integrity and it just, and more and more out of integrity people and situations start, start showing up. So let's talk about how we can leverage Enneagram from a leadership perspective, because I know that your zone of genius isn't just helping everybody with Enneagram, but you really love to focus on leadership. And essentially leadership is what shapes and molds so many others, right? And again, like when you know better, you have to do better. And that truly is the path of a leader, right? So let's Mm -hmm. talk about how can we as leaders, because everyone listening to this podcast is a leader in their own right, how can we leverage a tool like the Enneagram to step further into our leadership? Well, the first reason I even decided to integrate it, not only with unpacking my own stuff, but in doing that, you know, the most important leadership role I have is as a mom and as a single mom, and I'm the sole provider emotionally, physically, spiritually, and financially for my kids. So, and I have been for 13 years. So that's, that's the most important leadership role that I have. And when I was unpacking my own Enneagram type, it was very clear and evident to me very quickly that my children, my two children, a boy and a girl were not my type, but I was communicating with them as though they should understand and, and receive my messaging based on how I'm communicating. And it became very clear, like, oh shit, like they, they're not receiving the intention that's on my heart. In fact, I'm seeing it play out completely the opposite. And so while I was still sitting in rehab, even though, you know, working on myself and, and understanding how my type in general is received by the other eight was very eye-opening, not just in my own home, but in previous leadership roles. And I was like, oh, well, I could always get people to do what I wanted. Like I've had no problem in leadership as far as getting shit done. But the reason most people did is because they were terrified of me. And that's not a place, that's not like what's on my heart ever. I'm actually a very warm, sensitive, and compassionate person. Same thing with my kids. I could get them to do what I want. But in realizing this, like the, the reasons they were doing it is because they were afraid. And I grew up in a household that I walked on eggshells every single day. I woke up terrified every day. And when I had my eyes open that, okay, 
I need to start communicating in a way that they can receive it. It's just like the love languages, but on like massive steroids. And so I have my son who's a two, which is the helper, which is the most empathetic and compassionate on the Enneagram. And I'm an eight, which is like the opposite of that when they're not healthy. And then my daughter is a seven on the Enneagram, which is the enthusiast. So my type makes instinctual decisions. Everything's based on gut and instinct. My son is all heart and my daughter is all thinking. And me trying to speak a language, it's, it's basically like I'm speaking Italian to them and they can't understand a word I'm saying. And so with just understanding, and I didn't go typing them, but you know, I knew their hearts more than anybody and they knew what they were driving for. So I just started to change the way that I communicated with them individually. Because a lot of times I think we make this mistake as leaders, whether it's in our home or in our businesses, we communicate with everybody the same way. And it'll land on some, but most it'll, it'll fall wayside and you won't bring out the best in people, which is the whole goal, whether it's your children or your team or people that you care about, whatever. And I want to be effective. I don't need to be right. And that was a huge eye opener for me. So I started just communicating in a way that I knew my son would receive because I knew his core motive is, you know, he goes out of his way to do and be of service because that's where he believes he is worthy and that he is loved. And so just like words of affirmation and watching my tone and my intensity, because I can be pretty intense and just making eye contact and really undivided attention when he does something and really recognizing what might he need because a two will push off their needs because it's more important to them that they serve because that's where their worthiness they believe comes from. It shifted everything. And he was 14 at the time. It was I had teenagers at the time. My daughter as a seven is an enthusiast and she was more of an escapist. She doesn't want to feel hard feelings and uncomfortable feelings. And I was the queen of it. Like no wonder she was bailing on me. And so when I really started to speak some life into her and not cut her off and not like let her like have her big ideas because that's what enthusiasts do and really see the beauty and what gifts she brings, the confidence in her shot right up. She stood up for herself. She actually believed she was empowered to become an entrepreneur, which she never, ever thought she would be. And so I saw in a very short amount of time with a 14 and 15 year old, the shifts that happened. And mind you, I'm a mom that had lost a lot of credibility and trust with her kids. And for that shift to happen that fast, when I brought it into business a few months later, network marketing, it was the first place I brought it into. And mind you, when I started network marketing, I was only six months sober and I had wiped out my entire social network. And I started this network marketing team like, hey, join my team. I'm the epitome of like health and wellness and leadership. But guess what? I was in rehab six months ago, but don't, don't worry about that. Right? So I needed to leverage every single human in order to grow it, not just for my own good, but to bring out the best in them and their leadership skills. And so I started to use the Enneagram to really identify who was in front of me and speak love into them based on what their motives are and what they can receive. And because I know what was in my heart for them, and I do, every person I come in contact with, whether it's a beautiful person in the grocery store or somebody that wants to make a fucking million dollars a year, like I want to speak the same love into them that's in my heart, but I have to know the language that they speak. And when I was able to really leverage that and harness, harness this, um, everything happened fast. And in my network marketing business, I mean, I took 82 people, my very first 82 people, leveraged them, brought out the best in them with empowerment and speaking their language. Those 82 people turned into 15,000 people 
which generated my first million dollars of income. And they've gone on like now in this team, my team is upwards of over a hundred thousand people. Now there's seven millionaires within that organization in seven years, all seven of them have different personalities too. So that speaks huge. And a few of them make it annually. So, you know, when you can bring out the best in people and how you do that is by seeing them, hearing them and understanding how they feel, how they communicate, anything's possible. You can bring out the best in anybody, especially if they're willing and hungry. Wow. This is so impactful. And I love, I love that you are talking about like how the Enneagram allows us to speak a language that other people can hear, because I feel like so many of the issues that people run into building teams, especially in network marketing is communication and, and people feeling like they're just not receiving the information the same way. And everybody learns differently and everybody has different leadership styles. And what I love so much about network marketing is that there's duplication, right? There's a system and a plan that you can plug into, but that often leads to imitation and loss of identity and authenticity because as a leader, if you can't communicate or even be open to hearing different points of views or perspectives on how the business can be built and shared and then empower others to do the same, then you're just building a team of people that are just like you and you're missing an opportunity for people to really flourish in their gifts. So I can really see how this as a foundational tool for leadership in general, but even in network marketing, because we have a lot of network marketers that listen to this is it can be like the secret sauce to you being able to build a really strong empowered team. That's diverse, right? That has so many different strengths and backgrounds and beliefs and viewpoints and leadership. And that's what builds strength in a team. It is what builds strength. Cause quite honestly, if I just, you know, you've heard the thing, you attract what you are. Well, I think you attract how you communicate quite honestly. And it, most of us communicate in one way, the way we know, the way that we receive information. And if that's how you're operating, yes, you are going to attract what you are. And if it's in building a team, then you're going to have a bunch of you's and that's never effective. And quite honestly, a bunch of me's on a team would be a shit show. And I didn't want that. And I wanted a bunch of teammates that had strengths that I don't. So we're all working smarter, not harder. We're all having people, you know, really rise up in their zone of genius and their sweet spot, not mine. And it's way more effective and it's sustainable. And, you know, if I needed to back off because I didn't have a bunch of robots, but really we're all network marketing is systems and tools, but you add your own personal sparkle on it. Like underneath it all, it was all systems and tools, but the way that I communicate was way more diverse than most people. And that's why I had the success that I did because I could talk to anybody. I still can. I am not afraid to talk to anybody because I can identify pretty quickly for the most part, what's in front of me or who's in front of me. And I know how to speak that language. I have nine languages. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I can see that obviously not just from a leadership perspective, but like you were saying, as a parent, creating harmony in your life, whether it's your you know, your girlfriends and your personal relationships or, you know, your romantic partners, your kids, your family members, like being able to really share with them things in a way that they can receive it would probably in my imagination, eliminate 99% of the stress, anxiety, misunderstandings, and conflict that you have in your day-to-day -day life. Well, and here's the thing with that too. Like, obviously there's different ranges of health with people and you know, I'm very intentional about how I speak with people. So like my conversation this morning, I know what I'm dealing with. Right. And I also now know that he knows who I am too. So 
I have to really be intentional. Okay. Like, is this coming from a place of love and compassion with no attachment and no ulterior motive? And if I know that with all my being, how they should choose to receive it is really none of my business and it might be part of their journey. And that's the hard part, I think, with all of this is really like knowing that. (laughs) And it is still not easy. Like, like knowing how the person that I was delivering this message to, I know where they go when they are backed into a corner. And I got that. But I also know that my intention was coming from a place of nothing but love and understanding and vulnerability, which is very, very hard for an eight to do. And I know like my initial reaction was to like respond and defend, but I was like, no, 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 no. This is okay. Like even in leadership and in network marketing, when I would deliver a message that I know they need to hear and I know it's coming from love. And even though they are, have their defenses put up and they didn't, and they were mad at me and, and all sorts, like I'm okay with people being upset with me. And if they're evolved enough or choose to be evolved enough, eventually they come around or they don't. And they figure out their journey down the road. And maybe one day they'll be like, oh, remember when Tracy was such an asshole? Now I get it. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with that, even in love, even in yeah, friendship, yeah. my kids, my kids still, they're like, you were right. I thought you were the biggest asshole, but you were right. I'm like, I know it's okay. <laughs> but when you're coming from a place of true, genuine love without your own agenda, how people receive it really, it, it kind of brushes off of you. It doesn't mean you don't give a shit about people. You just don't have to take ownership of their journey. Mm. You know, that's so, and that's freedom right there. It is freedom. That's freedom. It's so and it's grace. Yeah, absolutely. And permission to just, uh, to have your own experience and give other people's, the, other people the opportunity to have, to have <clears> their <throat> own experience as well and not feel bad about that. So where does somebody start? Like, how do you, cause I know there's obviously you said there's nine basic types, but there's so much more to the Enneagram than that. So if somebody really wants to dive into this, how do they get started? And then what, like, what are the tools So like I said, I mean, the Enneagram has become something that's very trendy. It's been around for a long, long time. I've been almost a decade into it. So, but it's become really trendy and it's fun and the memes are great and it's hilarious. Like I love all of that stuff. Um, And there's a lot of online tests out there and none of them are bad. None of them are like horrible. There isn't one that's like way better than the others. I mean, I have a favorite, but even then 65 to 70% of the time they're inaccurate. So it's just a starting point. It's just like, okay, this is the starting point. So like, don't take whatever score or whatever it spits out at you as gold. What I usually tell people is take the top four scores you get and really look at the motives behind each one. Because a lot of times the reason why they're not accurate is because we, if you're like me, you answer based on um, your habits and behaviors that have gotten you through some hard things, but that isn't the core of who you are, right? A lot of people answer based on behaviors. A lot of people, had I known about the Enneagram, I totally would, would have manipulated my answers to get the type that I wanted. Totally would have done that had I known about it. Um, people have this preconceived notion of what is better. So you know, or sometimes even if they know that I'm looking at it, like if I'm working with somebody, they'll want, they'll think I maybe like a certain type better, which I love them all. So when you take one of those tests, if you, if you choose to do the self-discovery process on your own, which is fine, just know it's going to take a lot longer, just like anything, right? When you have a guide that isn't emotionally attached to whatever the answers are, 
um, it's a lot easier. And that's why I have really become so passionate about this in leadership and in all aspects of life. And if you have the wrong information, you basically are looking at the wrong soul map for you. And it's not going to serve you the way that you want it to. So it's better to just be really honest, look in the mirror, take those top four types and look at the motives of each one. And it may take a while for you to really come to conclusion because it's hard to be honest with ourselves, especially if you have four decades like I had under my belt of all this kind of mask wearing and bullshit putting up, you know? So really like having somebody to guide you through it is the ideal way. And that's what I do all day long. I do it with teams and individuals and families and partners and all of that. But if you are taking this on your own, really be honest. Because I've seen people mistyped before and the information doesn't make sense to them or they, they're almost sabotaging something that is for them because they have the wrong information, right? I see it all the time. Now, is, is the Enneagram like tried and true, the end-all be-all? No, it's a tool. It, it helps you facilitate change a lot easier. Just like if you have like a, a power drill, like, yeah, you can drill shit in by hand and you'll get it done, but it's going to be a lot harder. But if you have all the power behind this power drill, like you can get the job done more fast, um, more effective, more streamlined without as many messes. The Enneagram is just the same way. It's, it's kind of like taking it and then using it for the greatest good. It's not used as a weapon on yourself or other people. It's not used as a wall to say, this is just who the fuck I am and deal with it, which is what I did most of my life. Like deal with it. This is who I am. Or this is how I was raised. Or this is how we've always done it. You know, that conversation I had earlier was like, this is how I've always done it. I said, well, if that's working for you, by all means, let me know and I will adjust accordingly. But if it really isn't, then let's like be open to something different. And that's what the Enneagram can help you do. It can help you break out of those shackles, but you know, you have to be really willing to look at the whole picture, not just the shadows. Cause a lot of us like to focus on the shadows and some of us really like to focus on the shiny, but you have to look at the shiny and the shit in, in the whole package because all of it gives you answers and all of it can give you compassion and all of it can help you get out of the shame cycle you're in, but you have to be willing to really look at the truth of it all. Um, you know, there's wings which I think come out a lot in these tests, which is like on either side of each Enneagram type, there's special sauce that we can tap in with our personality type. So as an eight, I can have a seven or a nine. There's subtypes, which are our instinctual behaviors and, you know, basically like either your self-preservation or a social or a um, one-to-one or a sexual type. doesn't mean like sex, sex, but like, you know, intimacy and that, that, that is really what you are driving. So that can change the dynamics of your type, the level of health, the birth order you came in, the sex of yourself, like all of this can really change how your type shows up. So it can be quite the puzzle to put together on your own. And I just happen to really be obsessed with puzzles and give them the tools to integrate it, whether it's in your network network marketing business, your business, your family, your relationships. And here's the thing in leadership, the ripple effect, the compound effect affects everything. So even if you're coming in, I have people come to me for their business and they're like, holy shit, my marriage has gotten better. My sex life is better. My kids are not being little shits anymore. No wonder. Cause it's a ripple effect. The compound effect of this work is priceless and I'm yeah. living proof of it. Like if I can turn my bus around the way that I did, not just in my family, but in my professional life, anybody can. Cause I'm the most pig headed, stubborn, um, 
pain in the ass person I know. So if I can do it, anybody can. (laughs) So it sounds to me like there's a lot of resources out there, but if you really want to anchor in the work, it makes sense to work with an expert. And I've always believed in that whenever it comes to really, really shifting, like the long way around is try and do it yourself. The fast way through is have somebody to hold you accountable and really anchor in and guide you step-by-step. Step. So that's exactly what you do. So if people listening want to get connected with you, what's the best way for them to learn a little bit more about you, Tracy, and what you offer and how they can work with you? Yes. I love that. Um, they're the two best ways are Instagram, which is Tracy underscore O'Malley. And I have a bunch of the highlight bubbles that, mm-hmm. you know, I have a series just on like compatibility between types, you know, which has been fun. I have a bubble for each type. So you can kind of go through and listen to that. I'm not like a content queen as far as like fun memes and shareables, but you know, that information that's out there is fun. And, you know, GTS is one of my favorite phrases to like Google that shit, but Googling that shit. I mean, we can learn anything. We can learn how to build a million dollar business on YouTube, but it's much easier when you have somebody that can guide you through. And because I don't only teach it, but I actually am an integrating specialist, which there's really nobody else out there that can say, I've integrated this in all areas of my life and this is how I do it. That is my zone. And if you want to move the needle fast, then let's connect, whether it's on Instagram, Tracy underscore O'Malley, or you can go to tracyomalley.com, the work with me section, or you can kind of just stalk me and, and see if I'm a good vibe for you. I'm, I'm pretty passionate and intense, mm-hmm. but I'm equal parts love and compassion as well. Mm-hmm. And which I love all sides of you, Tracy, because you're mm-hmm. just one of my favorite humans. So Aww. guys, make sure that you give Tracy a follow on Instagram, check out her website and do the work. I just encourage you to be open, um, especially if you're in a leadership role. I can see exactly how this service would take you from good to great and really unlock so much potential in all areas of your life. So I love that so much, Tracy. Okay. Last question. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to invite you to lean into this as much as possible and give yourself as much permission because you know, that's what I'm all about. What are you celebrating right now? Oh gosh, (laughs) I am celebrating breaking old patterns, um, that are so deeply rooted in the wounding, not just from my father, but from my mother. Um, it's painful. And I have cried more in the last few days and, and felt that gut wrenching grief of change that is so important, but I'm celebrating it because my God, like I feel so empowered, even if it doesn't go the way that I would like it to, I broke another cycle for myself. And I'm able to show not only my children, but every other person that, you know, comes into my path. Like I can stand in alignment saying, this is how you do the fucking work because I'm doing it. Like I'm celebrating that as painful as it is. And like, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the day. Like, seriously, I have no idea it could go, it could turn into a shit show, but you know what? I'm celebrating it for the moment. And it's, it's powerful. It's Mm. powerful. Mm. I love it. And I'm celebrating you for that, Tracy. I'm always celebrating your truth. It is one of the things that I just, I just love so much about you. So thank you for sharing it here and for being vulnerable. And guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, please share it on Instagram, tag Tracy, tag me, let us know what your biggest takeaway was. 
thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. It is absolutely my pleasure. You are a remarkable, magnificent human being, and I just love the light you shine on the world. So thanks for having me. Mm, I fully receive that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next episode, be sure to live your boldly courageous life. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.